Hello and welcome to the Bright Morning Podcast. I'm Elena Aguilar. Happy New Year, everyone. Today, I've got an episode for you that's timely. It's about setting yourself up to have a really, really good year. But before we dive into that, I want to first shout out to Hilda M., who is a podcast supporter. Thank you for keeping this podcast ad-free. We are in the middle of a drive to get 400 friends of the show. To find out how to do that, please check the show notes. I also want to remind you to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It only takes a few minutes. Of course, it doesn't cost anything. I read every single one of those reviews, and it helps get the word out about the podcast. So with that, friends, it is the beginning of the year, the Gregorian calendar year, and many of you might be reflecting on last year or planning for this upcoming year. Maybe you are setting intentions or goals or resolutions. Maybe you've got some practices that work for you to support you in this process, but maybe you're also not sure what to do to set yourself up to have a really good year. Maybe you know that resolutions don't work for you, and if that's the case, you should know that they don't work for the overwhelming majority of people who set them. But maybe you still want to do something to mark this transition, to make some commitments or intentions for this year. And so if you resonate with any of those statements, then this podcast is for you. And I am going to suggest a way for you to plan for this year that will set you on the path to having a really good year. I'm going to tell you why this strategy I'm suggesting is effective. I'm going to give you instructions specifically on what to do. And I've even got a tool for you that I'm going to reference that you will find a link to in the show notes. All right, so let me start with a short story. At the beginning of last year of 2022, I spent days, literally days, planning my year. I picked a word for the year. I set goals and created intentions and determined commitments and then I plotted out these monthly plans to help me meet all of those goals and intentions and commitments. And for the first six months, at the end of each month, I reflected on what I had done that month, where I'd gotten to, which goals I was making good progress on, and so on. And then in the middle of the year, I discovered two things. There were some goals and some commitments that I wasn't doing at all, and I actually had no energy for them, no interest. And then other things had captured my attention and they were drawing me in and I was heading in some directions that I hadn't expected at the beginning of the year. And what I realized mid-year was that I wanted to abandon most of my goals and those intentions and those commitments. There were just too many. Some of them weren't truly calling me. They were should goals, you know, should intentions. I have a chronic over-planning problem. I always underestimate what I'm actually able to do. In the middle of 2022, I gave myself permission not only to abandon two-thirds of my goals and intentions and commitments, but also to abandon the end-of-the-month reflection process because that process had started to feel like this judgmental self-evaluation. I was like, who needs that? 
Okay, that was a big learning last year. I'm really grateful for it. And overall, I would say my learning once again was less is more. Now, I also want to say that 2022 was probably one of the best years of my life. I learned so much. And some of that came because I abandoned some of those goals and intentions and commitments. And that allowed me to venture into new territory that I had avoided for a long time and that was so liberating to explore. And some of that venturing was really hard. I am still integrating everything that I learned, but I don't think I would have gone into those areas or into that terrain if I had stuck to my 12 goals and my 18 intentions and my 32 commitments that I set on January 1st of 2022. So I'm not doing that again. And let me tell you what I am going to be doing, because this is the process I'm going to invite you to try out. So if you are looking for a way to think about entering into this new year and setting yourself up for a great year, here's what I'm suggesting. First, I'm going to invite you to pick either one word for the year or one word for the month. For many years, I've picked a word for the year and it's sort of the word represents like my overarching intention for the year. And you've probably heard about doing this. Maybe you've done it yourself. Lots of people take this approach. You pick a word that encompasses maybe what you want to feel or experience or learn about. And I am going to continue this for 2023, but I've got a new method for selecting that word. And it's a method that is, I'll say, research proven to be effective. I'll explain that in a minute. And I think it's going to be a really powerful strategy. So, okay, let me explain this research proven. I am going to invite you to consider the core human needs. Psychologists widely agree that human beings have core needs that can be grouped into six categories. Now, before I tell you what they are, I want you to know that in the show notes, you're going to see a link to a resource on these needs so you don't have to write them all down right now. Okay, so here are the needs. Number one is the need for belonging, relatedness, or connectedness. This is pretty self-explanatory. We want and need to feel connection to feel like we've got our people, we've got our communities. And I find it fascinating to know that this is a primary social biological adaptation for humans. So we humans would not have survived the first 100,000 years or much more than that actually, if if human beings hadn't been able to form social bonds, to work together, to care for each other. So belonging is an ancient primal need. We have to feel a sense of connectedness to others. The second core human need is the need for autonomy, to have a sense of control in one's life. This is the need to feel like we have a say in what happens, to feel like we have agency, to feel like we can act on our sense of agency. And I'm pretty sure that as I'm saying this, you are nodding your head, maybe symbolically. 
I mean, just think about this need and how it shows up at work. You need to feel like you have some say in what you do, in when you do it, and how you do it, right? Of course, in your personal life as well. The third core human need is the need for mastery or competence. So as a coach, I find that illuminating to understand that this is a core human need. We need to feel like we can do something well. We need to feel good about what we do. Think about this in your work context. I know that you want and need to feel competent as a coach, a leader, a teacher, whatever your role is. I know that. The fourth core human need is the need for genuine self-esteem. So this is an important need to have a deeper understanding of. Genuine self-esteem is not dependent on achievement, attainment, acquisition, or valuation by others. Many of us might sometimes feel like our worth comes from our social status, the degrees we have, our professional titles, or how many books we've written, or what other people think of us, and so on. And that's not genuine self-esteem. It doesn't result in genuine self-esteem. Genuine self-esteem comes from a deep, unconditional sense of worthiness. Okay, and the fifth core human need is the need for trust, which is defined by the psychologist as a sense of having the personal and social resources needed to sustain one through life. That's trust. So what's important here is that this is not the need to necessarily trust other people. That's part of it. But this way of understanding trust is about being able to trust yourself, really to trust that you can find what you need to sustain yourself in life. And the final core human need is the need for purpose, meaning, or transcendence. And this is explained as the need to know yourself as part of something larger. And that something could be an overtly spiritual thing, or it could simply be a universal or humanistic thing, like to know that you are part of a community of the human species, or it could mean to know yourself as a part of nature. If you have heard me demonstrating what I call the legacy conversation, which I also write about in the Art of Coaching workbook, then this is what I'm addressing in that conversation. The need to have an impact on students, on the world, the need for meaning. And again, I am suspecting that as I'm talking about purpose and meaning, you're nodding because I know you want this and need this. Again, these are core human needs. In the show notes, you'll see a link to a reference on these needs. Okay, so let me go back now to this new year and setting yourself up to have a super fantastic year. I'm going to suggest two options and I'll explain each one, but here they are. The first option is to pick one of these core needs as your word for the year. And the second option is to select a core need at the start of each month. So let me explain these. 
you might have heard me describing those needs and quickly noticed that you felt a strong pull to one of them. Maybe you felt that in your body. Maybe when you heard me say the word, you thought, yes, I've been wanting to explore that for a long time. Or I know I want to create more belonging in my life. If you felt a strong draw to one of those needs, you might just pick that one to be your guide for the year, the focus point for your explorations for the year. And in just a moment, I'll say more about what you can do with that. But the second option, again, is to allow yourself to have a more emergent exploration of these core human needs and to pick one of them in January to be that month's exploration. And then as we roll into February, reflect on whether you want to continue with that exploration of that need. Let's say maybe like the need for trust, or maybe you want to pick a new one. Okay, so what do you do with this word for the year? Let me tell you a little bit about how I went through this last year. Last year, my word was truth. And as I think now about the core human needs, I recognize that this word pointed to the need for purpose, meaning, or transcendence, as well as my need for trust and connection. So that's how I see it connected to my core human needs. Now, I do journal every day. I did a podcast episode last year on morning rituals, which describes this practice. And if you're interested in hearing that episode, you'll find the link in the show notes. So very regularly, like at least once a week, I journaled about what I was learning about truth. And those reflections led me deeper and deeper into the exploration of that word, I allowed those reflections and explorations to then guide me to action. So for example, early last year, I decided that if I really wanted to understand some of the truths of my life, of my early life, I needed to find a therapist to work with. I knew I could not dive into my childhood stuff alone. I knew that a lot of truths in my life originated there, and so I found an incredible therapist to work with, and that began this year of deep exploration, which did contribute to making 2022 one of the best years of my life. That exploration of truth, it was truly liberating. It really was. So your word for the year or the month, that word that is a core human need, can guide you to action. You'll need to engage in some kind of reflective practice to dig into it, whether that is writing or talking, and then you'll be best served by taking action. So let me give you some maybe obvious examples. Let's say you want to explore belonging. That exploration could lead you to identifying how you might create new connections or strengthen the relationships that you have, or it could simply become an intention for a day or a contained experience. Like let's say you know you're going off to a team meeting or a PD session. You could set an intention to develop a connection with one other person. Or let's say your word for the month is competence. Perhaps a first step when you reflect on what this means could be to get feedback on a skill set that you're working on. Maybe if you're a coach, you want to ask a couple of clients for feedback, or maybe you want to register for a PD session on coaching. 
Maybe you want to just spend some time creating a coaching vision statement for yourself. So let your word guide you into deeper understanding of your needs and then to action. Okay, I'm so excited about trying this out this year. I am not going to set any goals. I'm only picking one word, and that is one core human need. And if you go over to the Bright Morning Instagram this week, you'll see me talking about my word for the year. So I'm saying this is my word for the year, but I am also giving myself advance permission to change it if I want or to allow this word to lead me into the exploration of another core human need. Right now, I feel pretty convinced that I want to spend the whole year digging into it, but I also am giving myself permission to switch. If you end up trying this approach that I'm talking about in this episode, I would love to hear from you. Send me an email. I do get them. I do read them. I'm just so curious about how this might work to set you up for having a fantastic year. And the reason I feel so confident that it will is because what I'm suggesting to you comes from a whole lot of research from the field of psychology, which is deeply influenced by the field of neuroscience and by sociology and what we humans need in order to thrive as a group. It's deeply influenced, deeply informed by all that research It is also something that I would like to say I have somewhat tried and tested for years. Determining a word for the year has been the thing that has been most impactful for me in the last decade. And so I really do feel like this could be what leads you to having a super powerful, fantastic year full of learning and growth and perhaps also getting these human needs met. So friends, if you found this episode useful, would you share it with a friend or a colleague? I'm sure that you have heard that this episode is one that is relevant to everyone inside and outside of education. So please share. We all love getting a good recommendation from someone we trust, right? And that helps this show get out there in the world. Remember to check out the show notes for the resource on the core human needs and also consider becoming a friend of the show. Just $5 a month. Our goal is 400 friends of the show in January, and I will be letting you know at the end of the month what we achieve. All right. The Bright Morning Podcast is produced by Leslie Bickford and Stacy Goodman does the sound engineering. And without them, this podcast would not be streaming into your ears right now. Take care, everyone. I'll be back next week with the beginning of our mini-series on how to deal with resistance.